Hi. This Hi. is a tough topic. We this is a do, tough topic. I know. But we had a request, mm -hmm. so I and think, from Danny. So we're going to honor that request. Yeah, we're really happy that when people reach out to us and give us um, ideas for show topics. So today we want to, um, you know, talk about um, something that Danny had asked us to talk about, which is um, how the difference between grieving when someone suddenly dies or when it's a long-term death like cancer or someone's right. been sick for a while. Right. An anticipated death, yeah. yes. Right. So um, I think we both have um, stories that we can tell. Obviously we can, you know, I, I, I lost my brother when I was younger, which I've talked about before. That was a sudden death. Yes. Um, and you are going through yes yeah, so my father um, that raised me he's my adopt he adopted me when I was I think seven um, but he's been with me since I was two um, kind of difficult relationship throughout the years but um, four months ago he went into hospice and we had been a bit estranged prior to that so he reached out to me and I've been there for the past four months you know, at least in the beginning every day because mm -hmm. I thought, you know, this is my last week and now we're at four months and we tease and joke like, all right, you know, he'll be, he'll be you know, here till he's 90. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, he is dying of bone cancer. So exactly what Danny's asking is sudden, which you went through right. versus kind of watching someone losing their battle. Um, and he is in hospice and they're pretty clear that he's never going to leave hospice. So what are the differences? Yeah, and the other thing I think we need to just honor as well are, are all the families of the, the Parkland victims. I mean, that obviously oh. something like that, so sudden. You know, so I've told traumatic. you I've told you this. I don't know if I've told our, our viewers for mm -hmm. what your friends won't tell you, but one of my dear friends, Sean Sherlock, her niece, mm -hmm. um, Gina, was one of the victims of the Parkland school shooting. Yeah. And I, you know, I saw a video with, um, they, her, her parents were at the state Capitol when they signed that legislation, right. the, the, the legislation, the school safety legislation right. and, um, just the, the grief mm -hmm. on that, on Sean's sister's face of oh Gina's mother, just looking at her, it just broke my heart you because I mean, they're, they're already fighting to make sure this doesn't happen again and it's literally weeks after they've suddenly lost their daughter so brave so courageous so amazing it's just amazing but i guess i mean ugh. i guess that's part part of the grief Healing. process yes. right yes is, it's, it's is wanting to do power. something yeah. yeah taking your power it's like taking your power back in mm -hmm. some way I, I think for some people that saves them it's like yeah what are your options crawl into a hole mm -hmm. and just literally pull the covers up over your head and never right. and not want to get out for a year or go and fight and make a difference and mm -hmm. say you know what because of us you don't have to suffer this or this mm -hmm. was thwarted and and lives were saved I mean it, it, making that difference you know on that topic being with the news station doing the Ask Shannon segment, you know, the first couple times, you know, I've been there two years. So the first thing that happened when I was there is like, oh, Shannon, can you come in and talk about trauma? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, sure. And then the Orlando thing happened, the mm -hmm. pulsing. It's like, Shannon, can you come in? I'm like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. This time I was like, 
I I'm hope they don't call. It. I'm not yeah. doing it because you know what? Here's the thing. There's nothing I can say, say. anymore. Yeah. And that's why I just applaud your friend's sister and mm -hmm. their family because this is what I would say if I went on. There's nothing more I can say. Okay. I can't tell you to meditate. Right. I can't tell you to pray about it. Right. I can't tell you to keep people in your thoughts and prayers. Mm -hmm. All I can tell you is do action and take yeah. your power back and do something yeah. because that at this point, at this stage, that's the only thing that's going to make anybody mm -hmm. feel this much better is yeah. to change the way it is. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I saw the, the parents of that um, FSU pledge who also died, he was, you know, died of alcohol poisoning at a frat party for, and they said it had to do with hazing. But, um, the interesting thing, oops, sorry, turning off my, <laughs> digital apparatus my is back yeah, on board. Yeah, just turn that off. Um, <laughs> You know, the parents did the same thing. They said, this is all that we can do is get yeah. federal hazing laws because we have to do something to yes. honor our son. You yeah. know, and I just feel like there's, you know, it, that's, that is healing for yeah. a lot of these. But, but how is the grieving different yes. for a sudden, um, and that's what Danny was asking, the yes. grieving process. I, I feel like with sudden, it's, you start with just, uh, is it even real? Yeah, so the, just back to the basics, Kubler-Ross, who was so amazing, did the, the five stages of grieving 100,000 years ago. Um, the first one being shock and disbelief. Second one being bargaining, kind of making you know arrangements like, okay, take me instead. You know, We go into that, please can I have them back or one more day. Then anger typically shows up sadness and acceptance and please know these don't always go in perfect order and we can jump back and forth between anger sadness all of that but what we find or what you know i'm kind of researching and when we're talking mm -hmm. that shock and awe and disbelief is so profound i mean can you imagine the parkland situation you're driving to pick your kid up from school mm -hmm. and they're saying i'm sorry she's gone forever mm -hmm. it's like get me someone else to talk to. Yeah. This cannot be. be happening. Yeah. It can't be true. I could imagine as a parent running through the school, going to their locker, right, like trying to find them. Like there's no way this is true. Mm -hmm. So intense shock and disbelief when you have a sudden loss versus I'm not going to be behaving that way when my dad passes. But what we find is that the shock is still there. It's like I probably would have to go to hospice and see that empty bed. Mm -hmm. And I know I walked in there yesterday and the bed was empty and it kind of took my breath away. He was in the bathroom, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. But I, I did a scan. It was like the wheelchair's there. He's not on a walk. Right. He's not in his bed. And I, I kind of turned around and then I came back and I went, take a deep breath. And, you know, mm -hmm. and he was in the bathroom. But it's like you're still going to have that feeling. And I know the same with my grandmother. You know, I was still she she was older she had dementia it shouldn't be shocking but it does take your breath away but then it's it, you, the acceptance comes very quickly that right. okay this it's is real. real where i think for somebody where it's sudden i think that disbelief can go for a long time i remember as a child we lost one of my mom's besties i mean she was mm -hmm. seeing her every week there was six or eight of them and i just loved her so much and she died of cancer and I was young enough to be shielded so I didn't know any mm -hmm. of that. And I remember going out to the mailbox the very next day and getting the mail and somebody pulled in our driveway for a minute and then pulled back out and I ran back and I said, Mom, Pat was just outside. Um, she pulled in the driveway. And my mom looked at me and she's like, sweetheart, she, you know, she died. And it was like, what? It was like another shock because it was sudden for me. Right. And so that inability to wrap your head around, around it, it, I think is pretty powerful. Yeah, I um, that that happened with me with my brother. I remember, um, you know, 
as I've said before, he fell out of a tree. We lived in a very small town. He hit his head on a huge root. We were up playing in a huge oak tree. And um, by the time we got him to the hospital, because we did not have 911, yeah. we didn't have ambulance service, we had to drive him to meet the ambulance. And I remember that by the time we got there, he was brain dead. But I remember my parents brought me into the room where he was and he was hooked up to all the machines. So he was still technically alive. Yeah. And they brought me in there to just talk to him or see him. And obviously, you know, they were doing that too say my final goodbye but I had no idea you know that that's what they were doing so we spent the night at my aunt's house the next day or that night and you know I I thought he was fine yeah. you know and I remember the next day my mom showed up and they they broke the news to me and I was like what I thought he was fine right you know you can't you can't you can't process, you can't it. process it you know and especially as an as an eight year old child so um I just remember that being yeah. so shocking to me yeah. because um you know I thought everything was fine yeah you know he was at the hospital and all the things were hooked up and yeah, he was still breathing and everything was fine. fine yeah um but you know in reality. But, oh. <laughs> oh, I hate talking about. See, Danny, this is what <laughs> Danny loves. No more, no more of these. Says, no more Danny of these says, topics. Okay. <laughs> Danny says these are his favorites when oh, we are in oh, touch with our hearts. Oh, so you're getting a know, big gift today. Like, no, but you know what? You really. This is why I love you so much that you do just share from your heart and so raw. There's so many people that are experiencing this that have yeah. experienced. I mean, look at our country right now. All the people in Vegas. Yeah. All no. those families. I know. Plane crashes, these train derailing. I mean, so many people mm -hmm. are right there with you saying, what are you talking about? Yeah. What do you mean? I just I talked saw, to them. I just, I just saw, saw my him. daughter. I just saw my brother. Five minutes right. ago, I just hung up the phone. Yeah. And so. And I, you know, my heart goes out to just to those part that, you know, I go back to the Parkland because it is so yeah. new. And I just think of like, you know, all those parents that sent their kids to school and, you know, did they, did they tell them, Hey, yeah. buddy, I love you. Or, yeah. Hey honey, I love you. You know, and you know, racking their brain. Did, did I tell them I love them? Yeah. Or, you know, did they know how much, you know, they meant to me? Yeah. And I just, you know, that's heart... another, so that's another difference. Yeah. That is a big thing with sudden death, death. is guilt, yeah. regret, remorse did I say everything that I need did they know how I felt yeah. all of that is really intense for somebody with a sudden loss and right. so much guilt for any moment missed or anything you didn't say and of course we all want to live our lives like that but let's be realistic especially for those parkland people I mean you're dropping your kid off at school get out of the car I'm late for right, work and right, you're stressed right. and you're okay I love you love you kiss kiss right. you know and, and you're so overwhelmed and that's just part of our lives mm -hmm. You know, it's one thing if you're putting someone on a plane, you might take another minute. Right. But you don't expect it that, every day. You no. just don't expect it. Mm -mm. So that's another big difference is people spend a lot of time kind of spinning in my office. Mm -hmm. like, I should have done this. I should have said that. I should have, yeah. you know, the regrets, the remorse. And so, um, and, and, and what I, the tool I try to give them is just helping them understand we are all doing the best that we can at any given moment mm -hmm. and that that is accounted for. Like that person knew your heart. heart. 
Yeah. You know, that you didn't have to say I love you that day or that you had an argument and but I said something wrong. Yeah, but they knew your heart for all the days before that. Right. And all the love before that and all the connection before that. Yeah. You know, you know I wonder is there more tr- I mean, as you get older or as you go on, is there more trauma from a sudden death? Like does it create more trauma around that death than say someone who has been sick. I don't know because I have to tell you my girlfriend Tina lost her mother and I've talked about her before and you know it is it was very painful for her. Her mother was sick for a very long time. Um but she kept thinking there that there was hope that that, yeah. that she would survive and she would get better. Um, you know what you're highlighting for me, Suzanne, is I think the answer to your question is that there's more trauma, definitely, because it's literally a traumatic event, because yeah. you didn't see it coming, it happened in a moment, and so then you go into that PTSD, your brain takes pictures, all that right. stuff that I've explained before, but what I'm hearing with Tina and what, what you're saying to me is any relationship, and I say this a lot with people yeah. going through breakups, in my opinion, relationships have a beginning, a middle, and an end. When you're going through a breakup, a divorce. And so I think if you look at that, hospice says there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. And it's such a beautiful spiritual way of looking at it. But when you think about it, when you lose your mom when she's 60, That's not the end. Right. You expected you were going to have her till she was 80. Yeah. You expected that you were going to be at the nursing home with her. Mm-hmm. And I find in watching this that it's been a lot of loss in the past couple of years. My husband lost his father to dementia. Um, gosh, it was uh, August. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're watching the decline. You're watching this person suffering. They went from home to yeah. the nursing home to losing weight to all of that. So he has grieved intensely, but not shocked. Mm -hmm. And also the beginning, middle and end. Gosh, I lost my dad when I lost him to dementia. I haven't been able to connect with him in that way for four years, I've been grieving. I watched him grieve. I've, I've been with my husband nine years in September. So when I got on the scene, his dad was just, mm-hmm. you know, maybe two years in, he just started to slip and, and the family was starting to go, did you catch that? And mm-hmm. I think he's forgetting. And being a clinician, I'm like, I didn't have any denial because I wasn't as bonded. So I was like, yeah, no, he's, you know, and I was have, and my husband go, I think he did great tonight. I think he was really sharp and I'd be thinking, yeah, they don't Ooh. see it or they because don't want to see it. He was in denial, but then, yeah. and then I was slowly like, honey, did you, you know? And so then we went through the whole process, a beginning, mm-hmm. a middle. And so you're never ready and the intense is grief. But I feel like those folks, it's like, okay, well, he was older mm-hmm. and he did have this suffering thing and he was debilitated. So there are some blessings to him not mm-hmm. suffering. And there's more of a process that at the end versus the person, I feel like Tina, like you said, she expects, like, this is my mom. We're so close. We shop together. We're, we love each other. We're going to have till the end yeah. until she's 85 and I'm annoyed by her until she's got a walker and she, you know what I mean? Yeah. And when it doesn't happen and you don't get that completion, I see this so much in relationships where people break up in the, what I call the honeymoon stage. 
They are rock. They're talking about somebody they were with for three months. They're talking about it for nine. Yeah. And it's like, let it right. go. You was yeah. only three months. But they didn't get to get to the part where they were fighting and there was a, a power struggle. Right. And then they realized they didn't like this about them. And they had a list of pros and cons right. and things they loved and hated. And they, then they just got were in the honeymoon stage. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so I will spend literally months with somebody who was only with somebody for three months because there was no closure. There was no yeah. middle and end. So... I feel like that has a lot to do with it mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because my, my, my grandmother, who was, gosh, in her mid to late 90s when she died, and my mom was taking care of her, and she was still pretty much all there. Mm -hmm. She just was really old. And I remember when I was pregnant with my son, I was, you know, she was really, she was in the um, bedridden and my mom told me to come into town um, to see her because she wasn't sure how much longer she was gonna last right. well she lasted many years after that yeah. but I remember talking to my grandmother and my grandmother said you know some people just live too long <laughs> <laughs> and she was okay with going and so when she was okay with going it was good with my mom right you know and it was good with me because right. You know, she, she felt like she lived, made the right. end. She, she felt like she all. had a long life, and she she right. was okay to go. Yeah. And yes. so I think that makes a huge difference huge. as well. Because you know, with Tina's mom, she was still really fighting this yes. cancer, and yes. she really wanted to still live. And yes. so that makes a huge difference. I think so too. And the person yep. who's dying or or is, is sick ready is or ready not. or says I'm ready to go. Yeah. I'm ready to let go. I think that also helps the person they're leaving behind. Yes, I've seen that too where they are finally like I'm I'm good even yeah. when they're fighting um, cancer or whatever that they're like I'm good, I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. And then their children, their spouse can move into a little more celebrating them mm -hmm. not right away but it's more like oh I bet they're up there dancing a jig that's what we said about my grandma she loved to dance we're like oh she's up there dancing you know it's <laughs> right. like you can feel like they're now in a in a better place even though don't ever say that to anybody because no, it always God, makes no. them feel horrible <laughs> right. but you know but that concept so mm -hmm. I think that that's a big difference um but definitely the trauma I don't I don't see it so much as traumatic when it's long term except the trauma of watching someone like that's really suffering, yeah. that feels, you know, that Traumatic. brings up those same endorphins in your brain of watching yeah. somebody struggle and suffer or mm -hmm. cry or be, you know, writhing in pain. I mm -hmm. think that experience can be traumatizing. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I think no matter what, how your, your loved one, um, passes, it's, it is, um, it's, it's grief. It is it's grief. Painful. It is it's, painful, mm -hmm. and it is something that will take you years. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. as you can see, yeah. <laughs> I am now four, almost forty-five. So that was how many years ago? Yeah, I mean, is that crazy that it still has that kind of such traumatic emotional response from me? Yeah, and literally, I mean, it's like I'm. You know, I don't. You know, I don't think about him every day anymore. Like I'm, I'm sure. sure I did when I was younger. Right. But the minute I start to talk about Trace yeah. and his death, it like literally has that that hold on me. And I think that might be another difference of sudden, mm -hmm. sudden and premature 
um, versus watching an illness. My mother's brother was also killed when she, I think he was 18 or 19. He was beaten to death, alcohol related, mm -hmm. and died in her, in my mother's arms. Oh. And um, same thing. You and my mom could have a conversation, and she could be laughing. And the minute she shares her story or shares anything about her brother, yeah. she's right where right you there. are. And my grandmother was the same. And again, they didn't talk about it often, but mm -hmm. you bring it up. And it is right there as if it was, it was yesterday. yesterday and yet we're not there with my grandmother my grandmother lived to be 84 mm -hmm. she died she had dementia first she had a long life I mean we it, it still felt like we wish we had more years mm -hmm. but when we talk about her now we don't sob we laugh mm -hmm. we right. tease we tell funny stories we just right. did that the other night at the dinner table and it was so fun to just tease and, and laugh and God she was such a force and, and just enjoy her mm -hmm. spirit and talk about it and nobody cried we all laughed and we finally arrived there it's been about 13 years but if I would have brought up my mom's brother that, that would, would not, not have happened the case. Yeah. no there would be no celebrating and laughing about mm -hmm. his funny traits it would have been right back to the trauma yeah. so I do think that that is a big thing the other thing that bears mentioning although it's kind of assumed but you know if you do have an opportunity like I have to say those things that you need to say mm -hmm. um, but I will tell you um, he took a turn recently and he, he slept all day he's having a lot more pain and he hadn't been sleeping and then he slept all day and I was crying with my husband that night and I said but what if I never get a lucid moment with him again even though I have had four months to yeah. say and do I went right into that oh god but what if there's something I didn't say and right. what if what if I never because I think we're never ready to not have another day yeah. or another moment or another ex, you know expression back and forth so I think like you know um, the article that we were kind of looking at and all grief is grief Pain is pain. pain, loss is loss, yeah. and we're all gonna do pieces of all of this. Yeah, and just be really gentle when you're talking to someone because just because someone was sick for a while um, and, and they lost their loved one or that loved one um, passed after being sick for a while, you know, it doesn't make it any easier. You know, I think we think, oh, well, they were sick for a while, so. They're in a better you're, place. You're, yeah, and you're not really, you know, yeah. you've already dealt with your grief, I mean, it's still extremely painful, you know, yeah. when you lose someone or, you know, hey, they, you know, they had a good life. But, mm -hmm. and, you know, even someone in in their 60s, if, you know, we think, oh, well, they've lived a full life. But when you're not uh, expecting them yeah. to leave, you no, know. No, no. I mean, that's, and that's still in today's day. That's very young. Right. 60s a new 40. Yeah. It is. Um, no, and there was something else that just popped in my head, and of course, because I'm 46, it popped right back out. Um, but, um, oh, darn it. We were talking about the. Um, Left. It'll be the, back. Okay. Well, I thought, I think we answered the question, though, about the difference yeah. between sudden and, um, and prolonged illness right. and, and oh, death. Oh, it from, came back. Oh, yes. This is 46. It comes back. <laughs> it loops back around. I think it also matters who someone is to someone. Yes. Because I'm starting to learn, unfortunately, I'm at that age where when I've learned from people that when you lose your parents mm -hmm. and you're the next generate, like right. where's the other people that are supposed to go before me? Right. And right. there's no one. 
that also creates, and I, and I have a lot of people that I know that are only children, and they talk about how profound it is when you lose your parents and you're an only child because you don't have siblings. Yeah. There's no one flanking you, there's no one above, it's you, and so the sense of I am alone mm -hmm. in the world, even if you're married, even if you yeah. have children, is very profound. profound. That so was Tina's, huge. yeah, that was, yep. Tina felt very, very alone. alone. That's what I was thinking, her mom maybe she was, was an only. Was her, yeah. she's not an only child but she's very very close she was extremely close to her mom her dad right. was not in the picture yeah and yep. um yep. yeah and that so. makes sense so so that also you have to be very sensitive to that when you say to somebody who's parent who's 85 it's like oh gosh they're in a better place and they were suffering yeah but this is my parent yeah like this is the person that when i get scared I feel like, and I'm sure you feel like this with Sissy, and I feel like this with my mm -hmm. mom. It's like there's still times I'm like, I want my mom. <laughs> yeah. you know, and we can call them. Right. And when you cannot call go them. to your mommy because it's not, it doesn't fit the script to call your daughter. Right. You know, it's like. Well, and your mom is the only person you can really complain to. And, yeah, <laughs> and she will really just, listen and care. Yeah, and unconditionally love <laughs> right, you. Right. Parents unconditionally love children. I don't know that children unconditionally love parents. parents. <laughs> right. Definitely not. As a therapist, I've seen once many the, people haul their parents I have therapy. to tell you, once you have kids, though, you realize, you start to unconditionally love your parents because yes. you realize what they went what through. What they went through. Yeah. yeah. That's when you really start to realize. Um, how much your parents did for you. Yeah, so, right? no, it's so true. Yeah. But there's just nothing like that parent's love and that parent connection for many of us. Some of us are not blessed to have that, but if you do have that, that's a tough one to lose. And a sibling is right there with it because you never expect to lose them, mm -hmm. whether they're a pain in your butt or not, you're gonna have your sibling forever, right. forever. you know? And right. so that is really tough stuff. And of course, losing a child is like, should be against the law. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so loss is tough. There's just no angle on this. Yeah. It's not and painful. if you have been through sudden or or a loss that that you really are are having a hard time mm -hmm. dealing with, you know, do not hesitate to, to reach out to a therapist mm -hmm. and uh, go to a grief a grief therapist. Yeah, there are therapists really that, important. Yes. that um that specialize in specialize grief. in grief. And hospice is a great referral source. So mm -hmm. if you're kind of lost and you don't have a clue what grief therapist call hospice mm -hmm. because that's what they're experts in is you know grief and death and dying and loss so um, and they also have support, many support groups at hospice widowers and all kinds of stuff so definitely get some support because the sense of pervasive aloneness and loneliness mm -hmm. it just exacerbates it especially if you are a widow or you've lost your only child so please get to support groups as well as individual counseling yeah. And don't forget to share our videos, like our videos, leave a comment if you have a specific show topic you would like to um, us to talk about. Yes, Danny, because... I hope we answered your question. <laughs> because we will do it. We will do even it. Even if please, it's painful. Please don't make us cry anymore though. <laughs> can we just take a can we take a break on the death segments, okay? Because <laughs> I literally am going to <laughs> I'm not gonna be mascara left. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for watching and we'll see you thank back you. here next week for what your friends will tell you. Bye. Bye.